Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast. With Chris Sinzak and Aaron Camaro. All right, folks, here we are once again. It's your rock stop of the week, your favorite podcast covering all things rock and roll and classic metal. Yeah, this is it. It's the Decibel Geek Podcast. My name is Aaron Camaro, and I'm joined, as always, by my awesome friend and kick-ass co-host, Chris Sinzak. What's going on, brother? Doing good. How are you doing today? Doing pretty good, man. We've had one heck of a week. Yeah, it's been a been a wild one. You know, the uh, live stream we did a couple days ago as of this recording with uh, David Elson and Drew Fortier, Fortier or Drew Frontier, as you wanna, he wants uh-huh. to be called, um, went over really well. Did, did good that night, and then we're getting all this press from it from all these different websites, including Blabbermouth, who I thought hated us. What was the headline? Dave Ellison wins Beat the Geek? I wish. That, <laughs> that was the more worthy headline, in my opinion. <laughs> That was so awesome. I'm glad he played along with us and told us about new Megadeth music coming out, told us about the uh, the Rockstar Hitman book coming out. So cool, that guy. He's got so many different things going on in so many different directions. But with a guy like Dave Ellison, it's amazing because he does it all well. So very cool. And I'm glad those guys came on with us Friday night. The Renaissance metalhead. Yeah. And then on top of that, we had our big Motley Crew discussion last week with Wally Gator from the CGCM podcast. And man, people would be digging that. Yeah, a lot of good feedback on that one. Um, yeah, that was a good concept that you came up with. So I, I, we should do that for other bands. Yeah, last minute. We were kind of like fumbling <laughs> around with an idea. And then you were even halfway through making a graphic and it just hit me like a bolt of lightning. It's like, Wally loves crew. Chris loves crew. I love the crew. Let's do a Motley Crew episode. And it worked out great. So a lot of good response to that. I'm glad to see everybody on our Facebook page leaving the comments in the comment section telling us your favorite and least favorite of the Motley Crew songs throughout their awesome career. And that's what it's all about over there. Getting involved in the conversation. Give that page a like. Get in on it. And now for the most important moment of every single show we do. It's time for an Apple Podcast review. I don't know about you guys, but it's my favorite. So let's get to it. We got one this week. It's an Apple Podcast review. It's a damn good one. It's entitled The Best. Count them. One, two, three, four, five stars for your boys, the Decibel Geek Podcast. And it goes a little something like this. 
found your podcast during the start of the quarantine sessions, and I am extremely happy I did. I have never been a podcast fan until now. We won this man over to all podcasts. You two do it right, and I look forward to each and every show. Rock on. And that comes to us from Steve OH5150 from right here in the good old United States, man. That's awesome. I like that. Wow. Bringing people onto the platform in general. That's pretty special. Heck yeah, man. It takes a powerful rock podcast to make it okay. You know, you're dipping your toe. You know, if you're going to dip your toe into podcasting, why not start with rock and metal and go from there? You never know where it can take you. And yeah, my arm's starting to get tired from patting myself on the back. I know. We've had a heck of a week, man. This is great. (laughs) So we want to pat ourselves on the back just a little bit more. There are people out in this world who really love us. And you know how they show they love us? Well, last week when we released our Motley Crue episode, they went to Twitter and they went to Facebook. They shared it. They retweeted it. And when they did that, Chris went back, tallied up the names, put them on a list, and they are our honorary Geeks of the Week. Yeah, Geeks of the Week this week are Adam Cox, Keith Rockford, Patrick Breen, Grayson Gallegos, Kristen Schimbeck, Rob Harris, Shay Hargett, R.C. Orellana, Wally Norton, CGCM Radio and, and Podcast, Bill Elam, Joseph Capone, William Douglas, Wayne Cross, Mike Parnell, Jeffrey Mendenhall, Todd Cunningham, Mikhail Burrell, Simon Cat, Eric Luzier, John Phillips, David Glenn, Joe Lescon, Samuel Wetz, Rock and Ron Runyon, Decibel Geek TV, Pantheon Podcast, who you'll hear from in a minute, The Bakery Podcast, Aaron Baker, John McGaffick, Doug Fox, Alan Deshaun, Marvin Carter, Jared Dorlander, JGP, Body of the Soul, Hakon Bergstad, Eladio, Ernesto Aguiar, Stick Stickman, Twisted Kister, Vet Halen, and as always... The Mooger Fooger. Fooger. Man, that's a mighty, mighty list that loved our Mighty Motley Crew episode. Thank you to everybody that shares and retweets our episodes when they come out. That's a great way to help us get the word out on the streets about what's happening right here on the Decibel Geek Podcast. Without you, who knows? Nobody might discover us anymore, and that'd be terrible. We want to grow this party, make it as big as it can be. We want to find every rock and roller on every corner of the earth and bring them together to be a part of this awesome thing we're doing. So, talking about podcasts and how people love them and how they become a part of our lives so much and our part in it as rock and rollers who have been doing a podcast for almost 10 years, it's always exciting to see when the podcast game kind of grows and changes and I mean being a part of 10 years we've seen a lot of different things happen in the world of podcasting and uh, it's introduced us to some really cool people doing some really cool things especially for the world of rock music and podcasting and we've got some awesome guests here today from our friends at Pantheon. Christian and Peter from Pantheon Podcast how's it going guys? Hey Aaron hey Chris how you doing? Good. Fantastic. Hey, Chris. Hey, Aaron. It is an, an honor to be on the Decibel Geek, uh, one of the longest time running music, original music podcasts that, uh, that I first heard. And uh, to find myself here many years later is indeed uh, bizarre, but awesome. <laughs> I don't think so bizarre. Uh, by the way, I'm Christian. Uh, Peter, say you your name so everybody remembers whose voice is who. Yeah, I'm the. Uh, I have the sexy voice. <laughs> is that what that is? <laughs> <laughs> and the whole show goes off the rails. Right? Uh, we yeah. have to, we're we're part of the network now, so we have to bust your balls. That's just part of that, the agreement. And, oh, <laughs> of course, yes. Please do. Please, <laughs> do. I don't expect anything less. 
<laughs> so you guys, uh, so like I, you know, it, it's interesting how all this kind of took place, which I mean, I'd heard of Pantheon before because uh, of several shows that are on the network and Rocky Rock and Roll Archaeology. And, um, and then actually we went through our issues with copyright stuff with Spotify earlier in the year. And around that time, our good friend BJ Kahuna from Rock and Roll, his show got issues with uh, copyright strikes and stuff. And mm-hmm. at the time, he um, told me about our other friend, Brad Page, from the I Love That Song podcast, that he was on Pantheon and mentioned that he was considering joining Pantheon's network. And, um, and so that kind of put a bug in my ear at the time. And then our friend Rob Walsh from Libsyn in a local podcasting group because um, Rob moved here to Nashville recently and joined that group. I uh, had mentioned that he had free passes for podcast movement. So free is my second favorite four letter word. <laughs> and uh, so I jumped on that. And I, during that I got to connect with Christian and watch his presentation. And then we started talking back and forth. And then basically a lot of, you know, then we got, I got on board with the Alliance of music podcasters and I'm going to try to help with that. And, um, we're going to talk a little bit about the whole licensing thing today, I'm sure. But, uh, but you know, and then you, we had a nice conference call with the four of us, and you know, you guys had reached out about Decibel Geek being a part of Pantheon, and and Aaron will agree. We we had networks over the years ask us to be part of their their thing, and but and we've always been kind of standoffish about it because yeah. we kind of like doing our own thing and everything. But yeah, we turned them all the, down. We did, and um, but like the way you guys presented it, the way you guys conduct yourselves, and Every the feedback I got from other shows that I know that are on the network, we we're it just once we had that talk, it was just kind of a no brainer that for the first time in almost ten years we're actually going to be on a network. So thank you guys for letting us be part of it. My arm is now tired from that. <laughs> the back there. <laughs> well, uh, 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 gosh, I, I I feel like a, a bride uh, at the wedding, and you and you the father just gave the toast uh here uh we're very excited to have you guys apart and we're, we're glad that uh, you know what we built uh was attractive enough uh for a show like decibel geek to come and and be a part of this uh, awesome party that we're building before i let christian get into a little bit of the history of kind of who we are and why this crazy thing started and got to where it is i want to say you to you listeners directly this means absolutely more and better for you. No changes at all. We are not. This is a completely independent, as as the guys yep. mentioned, as Chris yep. and Aaron said, that, you know, we are not Spotify, Amazon. We don't editorial. Nothing change. You know, we have no input at all. We love the show uh, as it is. We love all the listeners, the engagement, the live streams, everything Decibel Geek does. Rockin' Pod is uh, top notch, and we just want to support it the best that we can, and and have more and better. Yeah, but you told me last week that we were supposed to do a Barbara Mandrell episode, so we don't have to do that. Now. <laughs> uh, not this week. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna have to relook at this contract one time. <laughs> and, 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 and we're always open for negotiations. That change, Barbara oh, Mandrell. Uh, maybe you have somebody in mind that's similar. I think I think Takeshi Six Nine was the next one. I think oh man. Barbara Mandrell sounds great. <laughs> yes, yeah, so in, in comparison. Yeah, okay. 
uh, at least we can relate, right? No, oh, just in case Takeshi's people are listening though, and he needs a podcast. Hey, I, you know, we're we're always available for any artist who's uh, has who's looking for a high quality podcast. So the thing to know here is not not only do they let us do whatever we want to do, and we keep doing things the way we are. The uh, thoughts and opinions expressed by the Decibel Geek Podcast do not reflect <laughs> the opinions made by Pantheon. No. Thank you. Uh, no. Necessarily, uh, yeah. Uh, so, but uh, no, no. Uh, long and short is that uh, you know we we think that uh, that you know music podcasting, music discovery, um, uh, you know, uh, getting uh, fans more and more excited about uh, music in any way is um, you know in a compelling way, I should say, and that's what you guys do is really important for us, and uh, we think is really important for. Uh, uh, the future of music. Um, we, we just think that this is a, a, a good way for people to uh, engage uh, and um, you know learn more about their favorite artists. Um, I know you guys just had D- uh, Dave Ellison on. Um, uh, things like that are, are really important, and I think uh, you know we are all seeing uh, a response uh, from folks out there, huh? The live stream is still available on the Facebook page. Find the Decibel Geek on Facebook. Obviously, you can watch it there, as I did. Wow. wow. Working for us already. I love that. <laughs> Aaron didn't even have to say that. I know. Hey, so let's, wait, wait, before we can get into all the podcasting stuff and the network and all the great shows, or anything, let's talk about your bona fides, uh, Christian, as a, uh, well, you know, what, where, where are oh, you in the music no. world as far as coming into being on a music podcast? Who are Tell the folks. Right. Uh, okay. Yeah. So uh, I've been dubbed and uh, it took me, and as you know, Peter, it took me a long time to uh, uh, take this moniker on, the rock and roll archaeologist. But, you know, uh, this started five years ago, the single podcast, uh, Rock and Roll Archaeology, uh, we called it. Um, and the reason why is, uh, you know, I'm a, a old school musician. I've been playing for, you know, 40 uh, years and uh 40-ish years, probably even more than that. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, I, first of all, I love all kinds of music. There's, there's rarely, rare, rarely do I find a, a type of music that I don't like. Um, there's plenty of particular music I may not like, but um, uh, any kind of genre, that I, and, and just about any song that kind of, you know, makes it uh, makes itself known that there's got to be some sort of genius about it, and so I'm always interested in trying to figure what that out, what that is, uh, and and being in a classic rock tribute band for for 15 years now. Um, that's allowed me to, you know, uh, look at it from a music standpoint. Whenever we, we pick a song and we we tear it down and, and rebuild it uh, to work for us, somewhere along the line, we're going to find out why this song was so popular. Why? What? What? What was it? Was it? Was it a hook that worked just well? Were Were the lyrics really important? Was it just timing? You know. Uh, and in fact, I've always had a fascination with one one hit wonders. So. I thought, wow, I know a lot about music. So, uh, and podcasting was kind of a, a new um, uh, uh, entertainment or edutainment type of vehicle, a low barrier to entry. Um, and uh, after being a serial entrepreneur most of my life uh, in the tech business, uh, you know, and 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 after um, uh, I turned thirty, the music became a hobby. I uh, said to myself, "Gosh, I, I think we can kind of." 
look at this from a historical standpoint now. Yeah. Uh, and also, I kind of felt like rock and roll was on the way down. And it certainly was at that time, five years ago. I, I think we've seen a, another uh, breath of life in it recently. But at that time, it just seemed like, well, the story had been written. So uh, 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 a friend of mine uh, who I've known for 40 years, and we've been arguing about this for 40 years, said, hey, let's, let's uh, dive into this and uh, see what we can discover. And thinking that, well, we, we know a lot because we lived through it. We read the books. You know, we're, we're both voracious readers, especially of rock biographies and things like that. And uh, <laughs> five years on, it's surprising how much we didn't know and we've learned along the way. So we are digging and continue to dig uh, into uh, the entire history of uh, what we call the rock and roll age, which is really the music of the late 20th century and into the 21st century. Right on. Rock and roll archaeology. I like that. Yeah, they, you know, Christian and his lifelong uh, friend, uh, Richard Evans, who is the writer behind it. You know, if you think of it as an episodic story in the, say, History Channel or uh, one of those types of things uh, online, you know, Netflix, something you could watch as a documentary and creating a podcast at that time that Christian started to do it was uh, with uh, original production, 8,000 uh, original scripted yeah. words, voice actors, sound wow. script, you know, at the time it was a lot of folks with, you know, mics and opinions, which is great. There wasn't a lot of investment in thinking about it past that, you know, and, you know, Christian may have mentioned that War of the Worlds and the radio drama and visualizing the things you listen to yeah. were at the forefront. So the quality was really there. It was something I was excited when I, uh, was approached five years ago and Christian told me the idea that he and his lifelong friend had this vision for this podcast and they were this far along and would I come in to kind of help market it and just make, you know, distribute it, host it, what, get all the things that make the podcast go besides, you know, their creative end of it. And I started getting involved in over the years, I'll tell a little bit of the story, but prior to that, let me, you know, tell you a little bit by my past in, in around music and I, where I find myself today with Pantheon. I would say what's very interesting is it all started back um, on December 20th, 1977, <laughs> when my mom comes into my room and I'm uh, 10 years old at the time. And she says to me, hey, uh, for Christmas how would you like to go see Kiss <laughs> at the Spectrum on December 22nd, 1977? And mm -hmm. I'm 10 years old, and, of course, um, the Kiss dolls, you know, I had the original big action figures, the beautiful ones, uh, and I was like, oh, my God, of <laughs> course, you know, my dreams. I, I don't think I slept for three days. Um, got to go to the Kiss show at the Spectrum, um, my four, I had to wear earplugs. Uh, my 14-year-old sister had to kind of chaperone, sit next to me, even though she didn't understand what was going on or why anyone would want to be there. Um, <laughs> but my mom kind of dropped us in our seats, and she went kind of off. And then she comes, you know, about middle of the show, she comes, finds me, uh, me at the seat with my sister and says, hey, I got another surprise for you. You're going to meet the band after the concert. What? And I'm like, What? I'm like, you know, what, what do you mean? She, she's like, yeah, you know, I she she knew the owner of the Spectrum. She was in real estate, happened to know him at the time, Ed Snyder. And so she had arranged to get backstage passes. She put the backstage pass on me. The show ends. She comes to the seats and gets us. 
on the way to the backstage, we're stopped by security who told us that nobody was allowed backstage. They had canceled all access because somebody had thrown a bottle at Paul on oh. the way off of the stage. Wow. Dang. So I, no one was allowed backstage. So we, I sat there, you know, heartbroken, and I, I must have sat there for half an hour, 45 minutes, while my mom talked to somebody about it, all this commotion going back and forth. And they come out, and there's this full, glossy promo shot to Peter with all four of their names signed on it. Oh, wow. Nice. And uh, that kind of set me on the course of being a music fan, I would say, the rest of my life. I'll um, do it. You know, in so many ways, I I owe it to Kiss. Um, yet, you know, yet as Christian knows we did a rock news show together, and you know, taking the piss out of Gene Simmons is something I still love. <laughs> so, oh, we do um, too. <laughs> uh, anyway, he's yes, easy to take the piss out of. That's for sure. Oh yeah. So yeah, I went on to do a bunch of different things in music and work for Bill Graham Presents and do promotion and production and then it was in tech for a long time. So when the podcasting thing merged certain universes where Christian's love and passion and, mu- and knowledge of music with his friend and a lot of things I was doing in music management and tech came together, it was just a great opportunity. So uh, anyway, so yeah, again, yeah. thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so you know, we, we started with just one show and so now it's the three of us. Uh, Richard, Peter, and myself, and uh, you know, we—it takes us a bit to put the, those shows together. As Peter said, there's a lot of production there. It's uh, a lot of research. Uh, there's, uh, you know, between seven and ten thousand word scripts, wow. uh, depending on the length and the uh, the storytelling that we uh, decide to do. Um, so it takes a little bit, and uh, you know, our fans started, uh, you know, sending emails saying, you know, can't you guys hurry up? I'm jonesing. It was almost like an addiction. And uh, we kind of – I think we got an email one day from somebody who said, can't you guys do something else? And we looked at each other and said, oh, yeah, I think we can maybe do some other things. And so we created a couple of um, shows that um, – you know, as, as Peter said, we kind of had a news show called Rock Talk um, early on. Uh, and um, uh, we tried it with a couple of co-hosts and uh, it, it was uh, it, it was very time-consuming uh, and, uh, uh, and trying – Trying to get multiple people together. I don't know. It just didn't quite uh, work. But we learned a lot uh, from that. Uh, We did two recap shows. And those worked actually pretty well, um, mostly between Peter and I. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, the two shows that we recapped, Vinyl and um, uh, Showtime's Roadies, uh, only lasted a single season, so it never got the chance to build. Uh, but at the same time, we started uh, creating some uh, uh, organic shows like um, uh, Real Rock about uh, rock and roll movies or the Rock and Roll Librarian, um, which is still going with us. And um, uh, we ended up with about six shows that uh, – we looked at each other and said, oh, I think we have a network. And at the same time, people started you know, contacting us saying, hey, we'd like to be on your network. And uh, you know, Peter came to me one day and said, you know, really, we need to focus on this. And, uh, and he was right. And we started putting a lot of effort into it. And about 18 months ago is when we kind of really got the network uh, uh, in shape and, and said, okay, let's really focus on this. Uh, Megaphone FM had approached us uh, as an, uh, it's an invite only, but they, but they have a very, very uh, intelligent system, uh, good for ad placement, good for organizing, uh, and, and, and allowed us to be able to say, wow, we can 
uh, build uh, a, a, a real network from here. And, and so, and if they're listening yeah. and hear this, I hope they give us a discount for this promo. <laughs> the, <mega> promo. <laughs> the big promo, right? Oh, wait a minute. I, uh, that, all that money would then go to Spotify, Peter. I'm not sure if we really want that to happen at this point. But uh, and so, uh, you know, in, in within 18 months now, we have uh, is it 60 shows? I think we've hit 60 shows now, right, Peter? Yeah, there. Yeah, there's about 60 in the pod family. And one one thing that's important that Christian uh, kind of skipped over that. I, you know, I think, you know, there's two things actually that are really important in the, in the story, which are, you know, when, when he first created rock and roll archaeology, uh, you know, a year into its release and learning all the lessons that you guys learned in the very early days and that most podcasters do when they launch that, you know, oh my God, you know, I didn't get a thousand listeners and a thousand dollars in the first week or, you know, there's you know, certain <laughs> expectations right. and they're rarely if ever met. Um, because when you understand where podcasting is as an ecosystem and media, uh, you know, still the word podcast comes from Apple. So you have still a very niche thing that till just now is still in its infancy and only has a, a lot to grow. But the important thing is that at that time, you know, quality uh, of shows and that production was very f- Far and few in between. And the NPRs and the big networks had the big budgets to do productions. But Christian's goal, you know, and releasing rock and roll archaeology at that time and learning those lessons of not getting, you know, the thousand listeners and thousand dollars and having to keep your day job essentially while being a podcasting, you know, forced us to really dig deep and educate ourselves about the industry as a whole, about demographics, about what podcasting was. And how we could, you know, fit into this world because we were getting notifications from teachers in, in, you know, some big universities in the U.S. saying, hey, you know, we love rock and roll archaeology. We're using it as curriculum in our courses. So there was this fine line between taking on just money to exploit you know, your listener and the music and the artist and and the ideas behind what you're creating and having people like that saying, do you validating what you're doing as something that can be educational and important? So at the same time that happened, fortunately, we were contacted uh, by Zildjian, you know, not only, you know, the oldest company in the world, 400 years old with the same family and the same brand and logo, but we have this deep story that's rich. It goes into today, it crosses all the music genres crosses everyone's life from the time you're in a high school band and hear a symbol. If you're in a rock and roll band, everyone knows the symbol. So sure. Christian got to be able to put together the story of Zildjian and work with some drummers, go out there and do it. So we were like, okay, we can actually make podcasts and we can keep very, uh, what I want to say, heady and informed and well-researched and stay in this lane and not what I want to say race to the bottom. You know, we didn't need a Coca-Cola ad or a MailChimp ad or whatever it was on every episode for for minimum amounts of money at that time, right? And so we, even though we're podcasters the last five years, you know, we've looked at it a little bit differently than, you know, the average podcaster. And you mentioned podcast movements in Krishna. I just want to say just briefly is that, you know, podcast movement is also changing. The industry is, again, you guys know, it used to be just a lot of people selling things to each other, a lot of multi-level marketing. Hey, if you've got something to sell, make a podcast about it. Like, you know, a real home, was, <laughs> home brew, a real homebrew feel to yeah, it. Yeah, a lot of multi-level marketing was happening in the podcasting world. That's just shifted. And again, a lot of, you know, 
your what you guys do in raising back catalogs for artists who today in the pandemic can't you know find revenue streams from touring or you know they, they've got old albums new albums books out movies out documentaries about their lives you know the magazines are gone the newspapers are gone what are, where are they getting this exposure right? right and it's through decibel geek you know that's you know so it's uh, more props to you guys and that's one of the big reasons that you know we're happy to have you as part of champion that's very cool and people that aren't familiar you know we want to we want to, you know, encourage you guys to check out the Pantheon Network because there's a there's a lot of cool shows. That are like what well, my current favorite, which it's probably going to stay my favorite, is uh, the Martin Ma- History and Five Songs of Martin Popoff. Oh so yeah, that's a great show. It's um, Martin has written a book on pretty much every rock artist known <laughs> yeah. to man. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's probably yeah. wrote at least two. And uh, <laughs> he's a very prolific writer. And um, but like he made a really good transition into podcasting. It's a great show. And he's he and he'll dig into deep stuff too. Like he he did one that was um like best uh like best hard rock albums from the nineties by bands from the eighties, I think. I don't remember the exact title. But like he would, you know, he was highlighting, you know, like Kiss's Carnival of Souls or, yeah. you know, Dawkins material from that, that those years and, and like stuff like that. You know, that that really is stuff I like. But I, I want to check out Pamela DeBar's podcast because she's pretty legendary in her own oh, right. Yeah, for sure. And um, the, like I mentioned, BJ show Rock and Roll's on there. And our friend John Lamoureux from The Hustle just got put on there, too. So right there's on. a lot of cool shows on this network uh, you guys should check out. You know, if we had an army of Martin Popovs, you know, his knowledge about heavy metal and the subtleties and nuances and times and dates and people and his recollections off the top of his head. Yeah, his show is amazing. If you do get a chance to check it out, you know, every show's right around a half an hour there. You know, he's been doing it consistently now for over a year every week. Um, Yeah, he's, you know, again, he's one of those role model podcasters that. If we had one of these shows in every genre, right? If you had one in folk, in hip hop, in punk, in new wave, in disco, I mean, the history of five songs in all those genres, you could do it, right? It just takes, but you got to find the Martin Popoffs for those. It, it, it really is a, a simple idea. I mean, he he just takes a topic. He comes up with sometimes you know really off the wall uh, uh, concept topics and uh, picks five songs to represent that topic and then turns the mic on and just uh, talks off the top of his head. Yeah, really amazing stuff. But um, you mentioned, you also mentioned, let's see, you mentioned... Miss P. Pamela. Pamela's, uh, you know, had been there, done it, seen it all, uh, especially the early days of uh, of, uh, hard rock. Seen it all and more. She's really seen it all. (laughs) all. (laughs) And then written several books uh, on it, and it's turned out to be uh, uh, quite a, a very good author herself. And you know, she she comes at it from a different perspective. Um, you know, she is really more than anything else a super fan. Uh, and when she dives into something, she really, really dives into it. And uh, most of the guests that she's had on her show are personal friends. Uh, but at the same time, she's also exposed some really new uh, artists, uh, mostly in the L.A. area uh, at this point. Uh, that she uh, likes and, and favors, and um, all of them are, are definitely worthy of, of 
listening to. But uh, so she's got a neat little um, uh, uh, podcast uh, going uh, as well as Martin's. That's very yeah, and, cool. and I think your listeners, like if they check out the Mistress Carrie podcast, she's brand new um, in network, and she talks to a lot of metal, hard rock folks. Uh, I believe she had uh, Mark Morton of Lamb of God, Doc Coyle from Bad Wolves, uh, someone from Seven Dust. She has a bunch of different three doors down. She's a bunch of, she's a from WAF in Boston for 20 years, a morning drive host. And she's great. She also does another little thing called the sit rep. She, she used to travel, do tours overseas and her husband is serving overseas. So she does a little daily military show too. So she crosses uh, some great bout, you know, crossover for a different audience as well. So people should definitely check her out. All right, on that's very cool. You guys got a good uh, good selection of podcasts that you're representing. For the listeners listening here today, what is the mission statement of Pantheon? What is it you guys are really trying to do? So, uh, you know, P- Peter kind of mentioned a little bit of this uh, in uh, the earlier part of this discussion that – you know, we see the the traditional ways of music discovery, um, which, when you get right down to it, were the the record store clerks uh, who you know would uh, you know ironically tell you uh, you know to fuck off, but you know <laughs> this is a good album. Uh, you know, uh, okay, you, you you can buy this one, uh, and if you do, you you might think about this other one, of which you know you probably went home and went, yeah. Uh, that, that was a good choice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there were the music magazines, uh, you know, uh, Rolling Stone, Cream, Circus, Enemy, Music Express, um, you know, on and on. Uh, and then there were the radio DJs. And those were the ways that people were usually informed about new music or music that they may like that is something uh, similar uh, in taste that they uh, could uh, could find uh, being fans of. And of course, the internet uh, and uh, the disruption of uh, of those uh, industries, you know, left us with um, you know playlists now. So it's really it's a robot. It's an algorithm that's uh, telling you um, mostly what you already like, uh, and it kind of begins to put you into a box. And the fact is, is that we still believe that people really want to hear about music from other people, and that. I think anything else is is our mission statement. You know, we are interested in all forms of music. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, most of what we come from is uh, is rock and roll. But uh, we have a, an EDM show uh, that's just started with us. Um, uh, we've got a country show. Uh, we're looking for shows in other genres uh, and even um, you know foreign music, uh, Latin music. Um, uh, we're, we're talking to somebody that might uh, even uh, do a show on Persian music for us in Persian. So we're really interested in all forms of music, um, both highbrow, uh, if you will, uh, with you know something like rock and roll archaeology, where you know it is taking music, culture, and technology and weaving that story together to show how they affected each other to you know our friends uh at shout it uh shout it out loudcast uh zeus and tom you know the the, the, i love those guys but i mean they're they're just three hours of talking nothing but kiss and having a blast through the whole time i just (laughs) it's one of those shows i i put on i don't really care about what it is they're talking i just there's the vibe about them and the energy that i like so much right on so I'll, I, I would boil the mission statement down to three things. I would say it's it's basically 
high quality uh, music discovery and pro artist. Um, you know, and in those three things, one of the things we didn't mention is that, you know, we also partnered with a tech company that delivered Xtreme for the Neil Young Archives. And we had the very good fortune to work with the CEO at Neil Young Archives in creating the world's first uh, HD podcast, which essentially means that at adaptive streaming, you know, if people who are musicians out there listening and who listen to music understand the difference between, you know, vinyl, their CD, uh, lossless formats and then your mp3s and streaming which you have today which has right. been used for 25 years so uh, at the at, at the top we care about artists we care about music the quality of the audio the quality of the music allowing music musicians to get paid and discovered via podcasting across all of the platforms yes. so we have we actually have a pretty bigger mission that podcasting serves the end result goal, right? Which is to get all of our favorite artists better discovered, more money so they can keep providing more music that we all love, right? Right. I mean, that's, it comes really that simple. See, and that's one of the things that really, really opened my eyes to you guys to go, wait a minute, these guys are a little bit different than everybody else that's come to us over the years. The fact that, one, you guys actually knew the show. You know, you you knew about us. You know, we mm-hmm. said, "Hey, what what do you like about the show?" And you could name things. We knew you actually listened to us, so that was a good plus. But then when you guys start talking about, you know, why if you got like say for example like a Spotify stream or what or whatever where somebody you know listens to a song and that artist gets paid whatever they get paid. Why can't it be the same for podcasts where if a podcaster plays a song and somebody listens to that episode, then also the artist gets a little something, you know? So there's a lot of cool things that you guys are talking about that, you know, I always thought about and said, you know, oh, this is a fantasy. This will never happen. But, I mean, there's possibilities where this could all be. You know, yeah, podcasting is a bit in the the wild, wild west. Um, And, uh, um, you know, for the longest time, if there's no money in it, uh, you know, um, copyright holders are, you know, aren't going to go and sue for zero. It costs them them money. But <clears throat> now that there is money, now that there is, you know, the fact that podcasting has gotten to be so popular and, you know, um, I think uh, the uh, the advertising revenue is going over $1 billion this year. That's a, a big signal to the entertainment industry as a whole that this is definitely something to be taken serious. So uh, there is been discussion on how to rectify uh, the situation without, you know, taking a sledgehammer to uh, the creators that are actually providing – you know, a service to uh, to rights holders if they do it in in a proper way. Um, I think uh, we can all agree that you know if you're playing a full song, there's got to be a way for the artist to get remunerated for that in the same way they do with other streaming platforms. Um, so whether it's a, a YouTube video or a Spotify song or Pandora or Title or what have you, um, you know, if you play that song, the artist is expected to get X uh, back. Um, But when you're talking about what we do, which is, you know, um, uh, samples and and, you know, most of our shows are education and commentary. And 
therefore, we're kind of like you know the uh, the review show for movies. You know, um, we're just giving trailers. We're showing them examples on why this particular artist or this song uh, was so great uh, for for whatever reason that may be. And inevitably, it causes the listener to go back and listen to that song or buy it right. or what have you, or even just pay attention to an artist that they've forgotten about yes. or a new artist that they um, are uh, uh, are now interested in. So like I like I said earlier, you know, we've replaced the old traditional ways of music discovery, and this is a 21st century way to, to achieve the same thing, to get people to pay more attention to music and listen to it. And, um, you know, let me add one last thing, and that is these guys are beginning to see that the audio side, podcasting, is taking earshare away from music listening. And so what we're doing is providing a solution to combine the two that will actually increase music listening if you listen to music-oriented podcasts. So we know that they recognize the positive nature of, of these type of shows. Uh, and, and so we've been in discussion with some folks that uh, provide the technology to be able to come up with a um, uh, an exchange of, 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 of sorts that's being worked on right now nice. so that uh, there can be a mechanism that's similar to the way streaming services work in, uh, in other um, uh, platforms like YouTube or Spotify or what have you, and that you can – you know, remunerate an artist where it makes sense. And at the same time, what we've discovered is we know that the labels themselves may work with the podcasters in a two-way street to say, we really want to break this artist. We want to work with you. What can we do uh, to uh, monetize this for you? And so um, we think that that is the way things are, are going to go. Or at least that's the way it looks at this point. Um there has to be a solution. There will be a solution. Uh, and uh, there just needs to be a good mechanism to be able to uh, figure this out in real time uh, and make it worthwhile for both creators like ourselves and the rights holders uh, who um, um, you know, uh, do own the, uh, the music that we are using. Right. I mean, I couldn't even begin to tell you the countless amount of times that over the years of doing this show where people have come back and said – I forgot all about that band or I've never heard of this band and I went out and now I'm buying everything they ever put out, you know, or I've gone and bought tickets or I would have never known. I mean, it's an amazing feeling to know because I mean, that's kind of how we were as kids. You know, you'd say, man, I got this new cassette tape and I got to bring it to my friends and play it for them. You guys got to check this out and let me tell you about it. And I think that's what makes Chris and I like seamless podcasters because we're just doing what we've always done, except on a worldwide scale now. <laughs> oh, dude, I, right. I, I still remember clearly hanging out with my friends when I was a teenager and I'd have the newest copy of Metal Edge and I knew who yeah. all their favorite bands were. And I'm like, oh, look, in November, you know, the ministry's got a record coming out. You like them, right? Or, or you know, hey, uh, you know, you're a Chili Peppers fan. They're, they're going to be in Nashville on the 28th of September. I mean, I was that person. Yeah, so it's too. like doing a podcast is no different, really. No, no. You know, to your point, music was culture. Uh, and I think right. it's less so uh, now. Although, like I said, you know, in the last five years, it's – 
it's something's flipped a, a, a little bit. I like to blame the, you know, the white earbuds that, uh, you know, music was a, at one time social. Uh, you know, you, you had yeah. to play it. Uh, you know, you didn't see a lot of headphones around. You saw boom boxes oh, yeah, uh, and things yeah. like that. And that, you know, and, you know, you played it and, you know, maybe you're just walking by and you might go, whoa, 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 what, what's that? Who is that? You know, and you would get some new artist that you uh, were unaware with. But in the in the age of the earbud, when everything went mobile and the, the little white buds went into the ears, it became very personal. It became very individual. Right. And I, I think that may have, you know, made music less um, uh, you know, less part of the conversation. Uh, uh, everybody was in their own silos. And I think that's beginning to change a little bit. And I think the podcasting in what we're doing uh, is helping to, you know, re-socialize music uh, in a very positive manner. When you're talking about the culture of the music, you know, and we as rock and rollers and doing the show that we do, we really feel it strong. So when we go to our Facebook page or we look at who's interacting with us when we're going Friday Night Lives and stuff like that, it's awesome because we had a little catchphrase we used at one time. And if I can remember it right, it was <laughs> building a local music scene with a worldwide audience. And so really culturally... Mm. Rock music is so strong as far as the bond it creates between fellow lovers of rock music that we really reap the benefits of feeling like we've got friends all over the world, people that really understand us. Yeah. yeah, I love that you said that's good because Aaron never liked it. And like, or we would not that you didn't like it, but I think we would always we would screw it up when we tried to say it on the show. Yeah, it was, it was too just wordy. One of them phrases I just could never <laughs> nail it when we were recording. <laughs> well, you did, <laughs> but I did it. I was I was waiting to correct you, and you got it right. Finally. <laughs> yeah, I always I always like to. That, that's the that's the pantheon halo effect, Gene. <laughs> Yeah, I always like yeah. to say to people uh, when they ask us, you know, what that we have or built, what is Pantheon? And, uh, I, you know, ultimately, the best thing it is, it's a it's a group. It's a community of like minded folks and people who have, you know, have passion and feel the same way and think the same way that you guys do. And, you know, that's, you know, those are the hoops you jump through, you know, when you join our network. It isn't. You know, do you have a million listeners? You know, are you into the latest thing? Uh, can we control and do what you want? It's, you know, are these the right people who care and share the same core values as the rest of our podcasters and shows about this medium uh, that we all love and has affected all of our lives in all different ways, whether they're producers, DJs, artists, fans, uh, tastemakers, uh, authors, it doesn't matter, right? They all share that same thing that we're all talking about. So to be able to tap into that, keep that going is, you know, it's great. And we're all very fortunate to be able to do that and, you know, do something that we love, uh, even if it isn't, you know, our primary jobs at this point. But, hey, you can help make it our primary jobs by going to Patreon, right? <laughs> at Desk Geek and supporting this show. Right. <laughs> very good. <laughs> awesome. I feel, like, I feel like Aaron Camaro's got like a twin brother now. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh. you know we uh, we yeah we love the listeners. We used to you know Christian called them start off calling them our diggers, diggers because yeah. as rock and roll you know there that works on a few different levels because of rock and roll archaeology and then we had a show deeper digs and rock and you know. Yeah. 
you know, Christian tried to use the tools of an archaeologist and thinking about the great historical periods of art in time, that once you're far enough away from it, you can then look at it more objectively. Obviously, we live in the time where all a lot of these folks are still telling their stories and are in control of the narratives. And it's very subjective, uh, whether it's the sex, drugs, the breakups, who, who got the money. You know, once we're past those time periods, you can see it through a different lens. And that's really what, you know, that show started off as and represents. I'm just excited for uh, to work with you guys because, like, there's a, you know, there's a lot of potential for stuff we can do together. And, you know, we're uh, we're we're already talking behind the scenes about, you know, some people that we're all involved in maybe have coming on our show. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we'd we'd like to, you know, do some stuff with some of the other podcasts that are on the network and help kind of spread the word that and then. You know, we'd also, and it is not going to be about Rock and Pod, but we'd also said, you know, this could also work with, with Rock and Pod a bit because of the, you know, the community that we have between all the podcasters. Like it might be a good meeting spot to have, you know, some Pantheon shows come out. So, I'm, uh, I'm just excited about what the future might hold with all this. Yes. Oh, well, we, 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 we were interested in Rock and Pod until we were, Nashville's not really a music town, so it's know. not. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's a total <laughs> sham. <laughs> We're well, just known, no, we're known we, for needlepoint. We, we were planning on trying to go last year, and then there was another yeah. conference at the same near it that we had to make yeah. a decision about going to. Then we were deeply considering it and would have been there this year, obviously, if that yep. didn't occur. And next year, you know, between all of our shows now and having an international audience and all the different fans, we, I mean, some of our shows have their own mini, mini conferences. Uh, already and you know there's a definitely you know trying to get you guys between the west coast whether it's vegas and nashville trying to get some people out we definitely would love to get our listeners and hosts um out and engaging um you know the listeners in a new way i mean a lot of these shows and seeing their favorite fans and hearing their favorite music and meeting them you guys have done this at rock and pod in nashville and you have a great local community of musicians who live there and it's affordable to do this that's you can't do something like this in la i mean you just just can't do something like this in san francisco yeah Uh, and and next year it's gonna be (laughs) it's gonna be like we did it last time with uh where the the conference will take place in the hotel where we have the discounted room so you can just get your room stay there come downstairs go to the conference hang out you know and then uh, we'll have concerts each day around it too and i think we're even going to have a comedy show this year on the day after so nice. uh, there's gonna be a lot going on but uh well, yeah that'll, I, that'll that'll reduce the drunk driving uh, issues that you yeah get. well that's, and that's good and I, if i can if i can line up the same deal i had in place for this year i had also worked out a, a deal with a local bus company yes. to do like a discounted desk. Yeah. A, a drunken a Nashville metal bus. <laughs> right. right. A, a bus ride from the um, from the hotel to the venue for a party concert. Nice. Genius. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, drive at all. My, my mom did a birthday celebration with sixty of our closest friends in Nashville and they did the country music bus ride tour thing. Right on. Well it won't be th- it won't be that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there'll be an elf impersonator on the bus. Uh. Uh, <laughs> maybe a Danzig maybe a, maybe impersonator. A Dan- Danzig impersonator, not an Elvis impersonator. <laughs> Elvis is dark child, right? Right. <laughs> 
Very cool, guys. Well, we just wanted to use this opportunity to introduce you guys to our audience, introduce our audience to you. And, you know, I can speak for Chris and myself. We're very excited to be a part of Pantheon, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing where this all goes. You know, we're, we're, we're hoping to elevate the show. We're hoping to elevate podcasting, music podcasting as a whole. And we feel like with you guys having our backs, man, the sky's the limit. Well, we, we certainly feel that uh, music podcasting is a very bright future. Uh, you know, when we started uh, five years ago, uh, the subject matter was at the very bottom uh, of uh, a, a podcast listening. <laughs> it was not uh, very well uh, thought of. And now it is uh, always in the top three uh, spots. Um, wow. So it is, yeah. it's really gotten to be uh, a, uh, a go-to for podcast listeners. Uh, in, uh, in they want to know more about uh, uh, music and they want to know more about their heroes. Uh, they want to know about, uh, you know, how uh, the industry works, the secrets, uh, both light and dark. And, um, uh, and we're, we're, we're here to try to find as many shows that tell as many of those stories. You know, um, I, I do, I do think of these things as as a historian uh and i i i personally think and i think everyone on this call would agree that this period in music was extraordinary yes uh and the further we get away from it the more extraordinary it becomes um a lot of it has to do with timing uh a, a certain amount of technology um, you know the the rise of a democratic nation uh, to be the, a world the world leader uh, post World War II, uh, which meant democratization of the uh, the, the system itself, uh, and and the the, the uh, elevation of the common man. Uh, which happened again, um, you know, post World War II. Uh, it's a very American ideal, and and that is the spirit of rock and roll. When you get right down to it, yes. uh, you know, it's you going out there, being yourself uh, as authentically as you can, and not giving a fuck. And that's rock and roll to me. Amen. Very cool. Yeah, yeah and uh, yeah, I'll, and I'll end it with uh, letting you know that when we created all the, when we got into all this stuff and were became podcasters and created podcasts and had this network and you know and and have kind of moved along these ways and when we came up with the name Pantheon, you know, it fit right into the hall of all the greats when it came to music and building the foundations and telling those stories of a hall that is the best preserved building and a lasting testimony to a an age and a period and that's what the pantheon represents and now it represents a lot more with decibel geek as one yep. of the pillars in the pantheon it means more than just the standard tradition of kind of the best of uh, representing uh, a time now representing podcast networks, you know, joining us really has you guys coming on board has really elevated the meaning of Pantheon to not just being the best of the artist and music itself, but the, then the best in the podcasts that are doing that. So thanks and look forward to uh, uh, more shows and working together in the future. Awesome. Pantheon, home of the gods, <laughs> <laughs> the pod gods. Thank you guys so much for coming yeah. on. And while I have you guys on still, um, just for the record, we are doing the heavier side of Barbara Mandrell next week, so you'll know right. it. Okay, contract is complete. That's nice. Yeah, I'll, I'll it, check if, the box. If you only bring me back off, you get into the deep works of Oasis. Then you'll, I, I'll really get into that show. I think. Well, I like Oasis. 
but Aaron does not. And I was going to say. Oh, Aaron, we are truly related there, my brother. Nice. Well, if you guys got somebody out there that's uh, working on any kind of Juice Newton projects, I can tell you my friend Chris Sinzak here is your man. Really? Oh, that, that's a low blow. <laughs> It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.